0: Welcome to a special episode of Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. We're taking a close look at political candidates leading up to the November elections, and we're calling this special series Midterm Exams. If you're listening to a podcast and you're hearing a conversation with a candidate who may be running in your district or it's a candidate that you want to support, I strongly recommend that you share this podcast on social media or by word of mouth. It's vitally important that we not take this time for granted, especially since we're so close to the elections. If there's a candidate whom you want us to interview or you want to have advertised on our show, you can shoot us an email at making a different show at gmail.com, M A K I N a Difference Show at Gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash making M-A-K-I-N a Difference Show. Speaking of show, it's time to begin this conversation right here, right now, on Making a Difference. Um, to be a Negro, to be a Negro in this country, and to be um, relatively conscious, is to be in a state of rage, almost, almost all of the time. Welcome to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon, here with a fantastic candidate. Um, she is uh, look, look lo- uh, locally born, locally mm-hmm. grown um, right. here in Aiken County. Uh, she's running for House District 81. Mm-hmm. House District 81, uh, we look had a really good conversation before the show. I, sh- I should start recording before the show, kind of get you guys some of that behind the scenes stuff. But nevertheless, glad to have Miss Elise Fox on the show. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: Glad to have you on the show. Of course, you guys know, hey, I've been talking about this for months. Uh, tis the season, look, not quite Halloween yet. Political season, y'all, political season. We got, oh goodness, less than two weeks before election day. So we're just you know glad to have uh, Ms. Fox on the show here. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So I grew up here in Aiken. Um, I went to East Aiken, Kennedy, and South Aiken. Okay. I graduated in 1996 from South Aiken. So I went to College of Charleston for undergrad. Um, I majored in chemistry and from there I went to graduate school at Penn State oh, wow. where I got my master's and my PhD in material science. So I met my husband up at Penn State and after we graduated we were looking for jobs. Um, my dad worked out in Savannah Riverside. He said well give me your resume and we'll, we'll pass them around and see what happens and we both got interviews and we both got job offers and so we said well we'll go give it a couple of years and then we'll see what happens from there and It'll be 13 years in January that we've been back. So, and yeah, my parents, my dad retired shortly after we started work. We started in January and he retired in that August. Um, My mom was a labor and delivery nurse. She worked for a couple more years. But um, after my parents fully retired, they moved to Folly Beach and then... We bought our house, the house I grew up in, from them, and I live in the house that I grew up in now. So, which is another strange and interesting twist.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's very awesome. Just a, a lot of different things. You met your husband in Happy Valley. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, that's one. Look, that's a, a nice, <laughs> uh, look nice, nice name there to, uh, to meet somebody special like that. I also have to um, just lament, you know, and, and kind of express just a uh, deep felt sorrow that you attended South Aiken High School, being, <laughs> being a graduate of Aiken High, but I can't you know, always. Oh flexible. no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You guys who uh who may be listening to the podcast, uh again, South African, look rival schools, but man, it just look some great people uh, from South Vegan. And and, and Miss Fox as well, because you know, we wanted to get in the office. You know, you t- you talked a lot about education, a lot about schooling, and that is of course, I would say, the cornerstone of your campaign. Um yes, your it is. Uh, your your motto or slogan for your um, campaign is education is the key. Uh, break that down for us and kind of tell us what that means.
1: So I don't know. Education has always been a huge part of you know, who I am and I, what I want to do. I love school. Like I always loved school. I love being in school. I love lo- the process of learning, um, which is probably why I went to school for so long. Um, but I think I got a lot of that from my parents. So my dad grew up um, on, a, on a farm in upstate New York. And his dad always told him, you know, your job is your education, your job is your education. And so even though my grandpa wouldn't be out working every day, sun up to sun down, you know, and my dad would help him where he could, he'd always told my dad, you help me after you take care of school. And I think part of that has, has just come kind of ingrained in me. And, and I look at, um, the opportunities that my dad was afforded because of that Um, and also my mom they're both first generation college students um and I, i i try to think of where i would be if i wasn't given those opportunities to focus on school and education and so since i grew up in the schools here and and i loved going to school here so i particularly loved my elementary school east aiken I just, I remember I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread, um, which is part of why I was very confused with the rezoning when people were very upset about sending their kids to East Aiken, because I just, I loved it. Um, but, but I looked, and our state legislature has been underfunding public education for decades. So they came up with a formula to determine what they thought was minimally adequate to supply the children around the state with their educational needs. And for almost 20 years, I think it's three years out of the past 25, they've only met that formula three times. Jesus. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. And I think all of the problems that we experience can, they ultimately, they go back to education, right? So I'll pick, you know, litter on the streets, right? People litter because they don't know any better. They don't think about it. They don't think why they're trash flying out of the unsecured back of their truck why they need to worry about that you know so that's why they always embark on big campaigns to teach people about things Um, but but we're not even getting kids the fundamental resources that they need to develop basic skills right so we hear it's not uncommon for a child to graduate who can't read and write at a third grade level right so if they graduate high school and those are their skill levels, how can you reasonably expect them to hold down a good wage job with benefits and to provide for their family? It's an, un- it's an unreasonable expectation. You know. And, and we are shortchanging those children. And, and by doing that, we in turn shortchange ourselves. You know, When we talk about, when you bring incarceration into the mix, right? I think it's like two-thirds of people in prison don't have a high school diploma. Mm -hmm. So when they get a high school diploma, their chances of going to prison, I think, are automatically cut in half. Right? So every child that we graduate is one less that we need to worry about ending up in prison. So it seems a no-brainer to me. It Really, it seems a no-brainer. And I just wanted to... I... The main reason I ran is because I got so frustrated by inaction of our legislators. Legislators that didn't care what the people around them had to say. And unless you look like them, talk like them, were friends with them, they didn't care what you had to say. And that's just wrong, right? When When you represent people, you represent every person, even if you don't necessarily like that person or agree with that person. And your job is to look out for their best interest, right? To do the best that you can for them. To give every person that you represent their best foot forward. And they're not doing that. They're not doing that at all. And I just, you know, the frustration that kept mounting and mounting, I said I needed to do something. And so I decided that this, is, this was going to be it. You know, if, if the only thing I can do is change the conversation, then I think it's a win. I want to do more than that, obviously, and I want to give a voice to people who, don't, who feel like they don't have a voice. I want to go there and kind of return this service component back to public service and holding office, and it, it being that, does that make sense? No, it makes sense. Being makes a public service component, and, and like I said, it all circles back around to education right we shortchange these children we shortchange ourselves
0: I I think that's a a great ideological assessment I'm gonna make that very we're gonna make that very personal here shortly Mm -hmm. because you have 10 year old twins who are in the educational system and you know it's not just you as an individual as Mm -hmm. someone who came up in Aiken County Public Schools but now you're um, facing some of these realities Mm -hmm. as a mother and we're gonna and we're gonna talk about that very shortly I just want to ask you about what type of response have you gotten you know, because this is your first time campaigning. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind, what type of response have you gotten from the community at large with that general
1: approach? People have been so supportive. Like when I decided to do this, when I talked to my husband about doing this, you know, I thought I honestly believed every other door that I knocked on was going to slam in my face. <laughs> but people have been so warm and receptive and they're just like thank you thank you for trying thank you for running you know we need this and it, it's it's been very over in some ways it's been very overwhelming you know because I I didn't expect it hmm. I didn't expect it at all but it's a good thing it's a good thing yeah yeah like a good over it's a very good thing so yeah it's it's and I realized I just forgot what question you asked. No, me. it's fine. And it's I fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was just asking about the about the um,
0: about the response of the community. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's been very good. I I really I can't complain. You know, there's been you know, of course, silly shenanigans like sign stealing and things like that, which would be nice if it didn't happen, but it's going to anyway. Um, but overall, it's been it's been very good, and it's actually. Since I'm a chemist, <laughs> and this is a very, very different. You know, I never ever imagined I would do something like this, and, yeah, it's, let's talk about and that. it really, it really pushes me outside of my comfort zone. But I'm so glad that I did it. You know, I feel like I've, I've learned so much. I mean, I have been actively campaigning for over a year um, because I knew this was an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm still. i no matter what. I'm so glad that I did this, and if I can just. Also, maybe encourage other people that never thought that they, they don't think they're suitable for office or to maybe take that leap. I think that's a big win, too.
0: I want to ask you a question, because on paper it looks like you went from biology to sociology. But I want to ask you, you know, have you seen any science in politics?
1: So that's another source of frustration, <laughs> <laughs> which I think um, my training as a scientist It really upsets me when I see people making decisions based not on sound facts. Mm -hmm. And and that's a lot of what's happening, right? Like, just for example, when we have legislators that deny climate change is happening. Oh,
0: that's gotta be so accurate. Which is
1: like, okay, come on. We have a major coastline that is a huge tourism industry. And you're going to pretend like these things don't exist they do and we need to address them to mitigate the effects ahead of time if we don't it's just going to get worse and worse and worse right and i want people one of the things i tell people too, my training as a scientist it means that i think very differently than all the lawyers and the bean counters who are up there the way they think you know i am I am trained to look at evidence in front of me, and if it doesn't meet my hypothesis, or in this case, I'll call them my pre-drawn conclusions, then I have to change that, right? That's not what people do. They they pick what they want. They say, well, I don't like this, so I'm just not going to believe it, and I don't have the luxury of doing that. I have to look at evidence even if I don't like what it says and I have to make a decision based off of that.
0: I, I, I love that and I know we you know we got a lot more to talk about but I think that may be the defining point of this entire conversation is that you know we have to look at the data. So much of politics is about feelings mm-hmm. and it's about uh, it, it's gotten to the point where it's going to be so hyper-partisan mm-hmm. and as a result of that we throw out the facts so it's refreshing to hear that that you have bound your campaign and you have bound yourself by saying, hey, if, if this is what it says and this is what it is, then I'm going to adhere to that and I'm going to make the adjustments accordingly. So that's that's refreshing to hear. Look, vote for vote for her. Vote for Miss Fox for <laughs> no other reason than that she's a woman of integrity because she's going to honor the facts. But I, I do want to go back to the point of, you know, you being a mother mm-hmm. and, you know, we say things like "Well, we want. We want better for our kids. But I think in terms of just your passion for education and seeing, you know, what the school system is and what it can be, not just for your kids, but for everybody, just kind of give us that perspective. You as a, you as a mother and seeing your kids in, in education.
1: So my kids also attend public schools. Okay. I, I am a huge supporter of the public school system. Um, it, I believe it is the best representation of our society is the public school system. And it also represents the best of what we can be and what we can do right now. South Carolina is not living up to that, but the potential is there, you know, and, and quite honestly, I'm not that worried for my children.
0: Let me rephrase that question Yeah. because I think the question is more so knowing that South Carolina is profoundly mm-hmm. underfunding education Knowing that, how does that make you feel as a mother? You know, knowing that, hey, you know my kids are going to these schools, and but there's not the 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 legislators are not promoting a culture of education that's going to make the learning experience and life for my kids better. Let's put it that. Well,
1: I think it's horrible. I mean, it flat out is just horrible. When you tell people that you do not value education, it shows. I mean, quite frankly, it shows. Um, and we've got to flip that conversation we have to we have no choice i am i am tired of south carolina being last in everything because it doesn't have to be that way i don't think it used to be that way at least not that i remember but when we look at how society treats the young and the elderly That's one of the, and the poor, it's one of the clearest reflections on society itself. And right now I don't like what I see. I don't like what I see at all. And, you know, I worry about these kids that grow up in very poor, you know, often rural communities, not necessarily rural, who they're stuck. South Carolina has a huge issue with systemic poverty. And the best way to help these kids pull out of it is to give them the best foot forward that they can possibly have. And that's all through education. That's all through education. I don't. I mean, we owe it to them. I don't know any other way to put it, but we owe it to them. And in turn, we will reap the benefits from it. So it's not, it's not entirely a selfless, <laughs> it's not an entirely selfless action. We all will benefit from it, from every child that graduates, every child that has better reading, math, and comprehension skills. You know, it also enables them to make better decisions for themselves, right? Even in just social situations, it can help them say, you know what, maybe I really shouldn't be hanging out with that guy. Hmm. But they have to know better. Right. If they don't know any better, if they're never taught any better, they're not going to learn any better. And so we have to help them.
0: That's good. I want to um, kind of ask you, you know, obviously, you know, your campaign is centered around education, but there, are there certain, you know, points of reference? You know, if elected, you know, you want to see uh, different things change. Kind of take us through your campaign and what that
1: looks like. Yeah. So for my campaign, I have what I call my four E's um, education, economy, environment and ethics. Okay. And Ultimately, they all circle back to education. And, and right now, what really is my number one goal, there is that proviso in the state budget that they put in every year that says they don't have to meet the obligation of the funding level that they decided was what was needed to provide a minimally adequate education. Minimally
0: adequate. Minimally Medicine.
1: adequate. I'm like, how do we even have words like this? Really? I mean, that that those words exist at all just completely befuddles me. But um, it is to do what I can to get that moved out of the budget. And if nothing else, if I bring it up every single year and I make people go on the record saying that they're either for or against removing that provisio, that's a step forward. And that's how we start changing the conversation. So that's really where I want to start. Um, But there's lots of things that I want to do. So as as a scientist, too, one thing that drives me bonkers when I look at pieces of legislation that are going through is they're not asking people, number one, that the legislation affects, or number two, they're not asking experts on the legislation to try to figure out if it makes sense or not. Right? So for everything that they put through for education, how many times do you think they're actually talking to teachers
0: Mm. or
1: talking to principals? (laughs) Because I can bet you it's not very often, at all, and and that needs to change. You got to get their feedback because something that may sound really good in practice, the way it works out in the classroom could be completely different.
0: Absolutely.
1: So we need to do that. We've got to bring experts in that help that really understand issues. And we you're and you're promoting that sense.
0: transparency. You know, if elected, right. having those conversations. What would that oh, look yeah, like? oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, I mean, it just depends. Like it it's. Well, two, like, one thing that I try to do with the the issue of transparency and the ethics is I've had, every single month, I've had some type of open meeting. I call them coffee with the candidates. And it will be where I just go and I sit somewhere. And it gives people an opportunity to come to me. Right? So I've had, I mean, people I don't know that I wouldn't know otherwise, they can come to me and they can bring issues to me and they can say, look, you know, This happened, and this was the result. Here's some ideas on how we fix it, and we make the connection. So I tell people, like, going to graduate school and getting your Ph.D., what it really does is it teaches you how to solve problems, and it teaches you how to find answers. But it also teaches you what you don't know, Hmm. right? So you spend five years of your life on this bitty tiny problem (laughs) that nobody cares about but you right so you write your thesis you're very proud of it you stick it you know you put it on your bookshelf and it's probably never going to be read again by anyone right but it teaches you you look at that one problem so intensely that it it opens the door and makes you realize what you don't know Mm -hmm. and that you need to look for those answers in other places and and that's what I like to do and I enjoy doing that too.
0: Yeah. You know? I'm gonna tell you the, the irony of that, because as sure as you make a thesis, it's also something that you have to defend. Yeah. And it's refreshing to know that you're transitioning from defending an idea mm-hmm. to now defending the best interests of people. And I, I, I find that interesting because what I see again, going back to the whole the hyperpartisan conversation, is, is that I think you see people defending a party mm-hmm. over defending People And so Mm -hmm. people defend ideas disingenuously. But knowing that that you have the experience of defending ideas with integrity Mm -hmm. and also bringing that to your campaign is something that's that's so great. And, you know, we're so glad to have you um, run for political office, you know, bringing those ideas. Um, You talked about education. We talked about ethics briefly. uh, The economical piece of that.
1: So the, the economy, how I tie that in, we have struggles bringing businesses to South Carolina and when they come they can't find the workforce that they need Mm. I believe that it starts with providing a highly qualified workforce and then everything naturally falls into place it just it just all falls in line when they know you know I've heard anecdotal stories about like Volvo saying had I known we were gonna have this much trouble finding employees we never would have come here Mm. You know, when I'm like, that should be a problem, right? That should tell you that there are issues. They're having to, you know, they're bringing people in from other states, but these are good-paying jobs that there are no reason why the graduates of high school from South Carolina can't fill these jobs. There's no reason why they can't.
0: I want to ask you about that because is it an issue where, you know, we're bringing kids up in schools, and obviously we know it's, it's underfunded. Is it an issue of... Like, what? what's needed to, to bolster um, the work, you know, the work readiness of the students in South Carolina schools? Is it where we maybe need to promote critical thinking? Is it where we need to just put more money in schools? How do you feel about that?
1: So, I mean, critical thinking is always important. Um, I think part of the problem, and, and none of the, and all of this is, it's, there's so many bits and pieces, but I I think part of the problem too is that we've also gotten to the stage where we're telling everyone that they need to go to college. Mm -hmm. Not everybody needs to go to college, nor should everyone go to college. Um, We don't like the trades, you know, like welders, carpenters, you know, we, we don't show children that there are very viable opportunities to create a secure future for themselves and their families that don't require college, and I think we we need to we need to start doing more of that, right? Um, I think from what I understand, and I could I could be wrong, but some of the first things on the chopping block are those programs like welding, hmm. life readiness that help with that. And I think that's a big key but also i mean if you can't read and write
0: that's that's a
1: fundamental problem you know i was talking to the sheet metal workers union down here and they said you know they have a 10 question test that when someone comes in and says they want to work for them they give them this 10 question test more times than not people cannot pass the test and the test is basically it's basic math skills like adding feet and inches and stuff things that theoretically they should learn in elementary school.
0: conversions things like that. yeah
1: they can't do it you know because they you know it's a it's a work tra- it's a training a job training program it's not a teaching you to read and write program and even at the technical colleges you know they spend so much time and effort just getting students ready to take the courses at the technical college level right Why aren't these kids ready when they show up at the door? They should be ready when they show up at the door. And some of it, I think, too, I mean, class sizes have gotten so big that the students get lost in the fray. The teachers have so many, like, paperwork requirements and so many students that it makes it more difficult for them to find, to identify where ones are struggling and to try to give them more one-on-one help when it's needed. I think there's just, I mean, so many issues that come together to they just converge and it all all blows up so there are no easy answers to solving it either there's no easy answers no but
0: I, I think uh, you know a, a lot of it is making sure that we have the right can the right mm-hmm. um, officials and you know the right representatives in office to ensure that there is a, a, a shift a culture of trying to improve these things and that's where I want to you know shift the conversation out because we talk so much about education in the school mm-hmm. system but I also want to talk about you know education in terms of just getting people out to vote and if you could just you know talk about the importance of making sure that people come out um and make their voices heard on election day
1: oh my goodness well that's one of the things that i've been trying to do too you know i, I have noticed since i'm running for state office how little people care mm. about what's going on at the state office their city council or their school board elections of the decisions made in your everyday life happen at the local and the state level. We worry so much about what's going on in Washington, D.C., that we are ignoring everything that's going on around us that we have a very direct impact on. And I know people are made to feel like their vote doesn't matter, right? One of the reasons why I decided to run was because I wanted to be a choice. The seat I'm running for has not been contested by a Democrat in 2014. There has not even been a choice in 24 years. So what happens is you get the Republican primary and whoever wins a Republican primary wins the race. And what happens there is that they push each other further and further and further to the right because they're trying to pull out that core base to vote. And it does a disservice to everyone. And so when people say, yeah, but it's just my vote, one vote doesn't matter. I'm going to remind I remind people every chance that I can that just recently a state legislation a state legislator race in Virginia was decided by a coin toss
0: mm.
1: a coin toss figured out <laughs> who went to the state house
0: chance probability. so if you yeah
1: so if you're saying and you're thinking that your vote doesn't matter it does and if nothing else if it you know contested there's so much gerrymandering going on it's crazy but even in those situations where they're contested legislators realize they have to start listening because they become more worried about retaining their seat they become more worried about more people learning what they are or are not doing right every vote matters you know when i tell people if you don't do anything you better get down and vote for every single election that means when there is one thing on the ballot you better get down there and vote for that one thing on the ballot it is your duty as a citizen to go and vote it's everyone's duty and if you it is your voice your vote is your voice and you don't exercise that voice you lose it so get out and vote
0: and, and who should they vote for
1: They should vote for me. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, please vote for Elise Fox for State House District 81.
0: Please do. Uh, Please do. So glad to uh, to have you on the podcast, Ms. Fox. Thank you. Best of luck to you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Making a Difference. But the movement doesn't stop here. You can follow us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com backslash making M-A-K-I-N a a difference. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash making M-A-K-I-N a difference show. That's the best way to keep up with all of our podcasts and video logs. Love you guys so much. Peace and God bless.
1: You win. Perfect.